1: You're listening to Releasing Trauma, a survivor's podcast. And now here's your host, Tracy Osborne. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Today we are talking about having the courage to live as your best self. And so many of us oftentimes... Uh, downplay or we mask who we are or we don't even really know who we are um, or we're afraid to be who we are. So, you know, today I hope we can, you know, kind of give some encouragement and hope for those who are um, struggling with living authentically. And with me today is Leah Baez, who is um, a former an award-winning journalist, not a former journalist, but an award-winning journalist. And <coughs> excuse me, she shared her own story of overcoming adversity. And it went viral online, reaching more than six and a half million people across the globe. And her story proves the power of a positive mindset and inspires people to embrace those difficult times in life and to just have the courage to be you. So, Leah, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Tracy. I appreciate it. I am excited to have you. Um, you know, and I would actually like, I don't normally do it this way, but I would actually like if you could kind of share with the audience a bit about your story of adversity and, um, you know, and the struggles that you went through.
0: Yeah, sure. So, you know, I was a, I was a newspaper journalist for more than 14 years. So telling other people's stories, that was that was like natural for me. You know, that was easy for me. Um, I could do it quickly and no questions asked. You know, it was just like a part of who I was as a journalist. And I um, went through really some really, really difficult times when I was still working um, in the newspaper industry, uh, went through a, a very uh, nasty divorce and custody battle, even lost custody of my, my only child, my daughter. And I was forced into the lowest point of my life because, uh, you know, my ex-husband pointed out the fact that I had a problem with alcohol and it was true. You know, I was, I was an alcoholic, but I was afraid to say that I was afraid to admit that because, you know, so many people in our culture do the same kind of drinking that I was doing. You know, I was, um, you know, a binge drinker. I drank a couple of times a week to the point of drunk. Um, but you know, when you have to prove yourself, to a, to to the court that you're worthy to be a mother. I mean, talk about the shame and the self doubt and the emotion that just overtakes you. And so, um, you know, I was really I was really forced to be in the lowest point of my life uh, through those hard times. And so, uh, here I was, you know, this journalist, this, this on the surface very successful, an award winning journalist. Uh, you know, academically, i always excel. You know, succeeded and excelled in all the things that I was doing. But underneath I was struggling and I didn't know how to bring those two to balance because I had never gone. Um, I'd never done therapy. I'd never done anything of that to heal things that I needed to back, you know, things that were coming up for me uh, from my childhood or anything like that. Cause I didn't know that, you know, my parents never went to therapy. That was just not normal. Uh, in our Mexican culture, you know, we often, uh, we, we have a strong faith and we believe um, our faith kind of pulls us through things, but we never went to therapy. And so I was struggling. I had, I had some issues and, um, you know, it was really through those hard times that I was really able to, uh, I hate to say it, but I, I often say to my ex-husband, you know, thank you, because had I not been pushed down to the, that point, you know, I would have never pulled back the curtain on what I was doing in my own life to hold myself back from being my best. And so, yes, the, the divorce, the custody battle, lo- you know, losing custody of my child,
1: devastated me. I, 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 you know, I've been through a divorce. Um, I, I haven't had to go through a custody battle, thank God, but I, I can't even imagine how devastating it would be to lose custody of your child. Um, I, that would kill me. So yeah, I, I you know yeah
0: you know it's like the only thing that i ever wanted to be in my life was a mother you know and everything else i i i wanted to be as well like you know i wanted to be a journalist i wanted to you know be successful but it's like you i wanted to be a mother you know that was something right. that i wanted to be and for someone to tell me that i was not good enough to be a mother that i wasn't you know in a in the right state of mind to be a mother i mean talk about just i mean soul crushing
1: so, you know, during this time, um, it having to deal with the divorce and all of that, you ended up having to move back home and back into your childhood bedroom. So talk to us uh, a bit about, um, the night that you realized or noticed the glow in the dark stars.
0: Yeah. So I moved back home to get on with my parents to get on my feet financially because uh, during the divorce proceedings, you know, I had given up, um, you know, I had agreed to to leave the house because my ex-husband wanted to keep the home. Um, I didn't want to keep the home anyway. So I was okay with leaving. Uh, but that meant, I, you know, I didn't have enough money in savings. You know, um, I, was a str- <laughs> I was struggling. So I, I didn't have enough money to get a place of my own. And so, and my parents welcomed me home with open arms, you know, and I I'm very grateful for that. I'm very fortunate to have a family that has done that because I've heard many stories from many women, you know, who didn't have a family to go back to when they went through something like this. And so I, you know, I, I was, I was so grateful to go home, but I will, you know, admit like going home, going back home to my childhood bedroom. I mean, that's like a slap in the face in itself. You know, it's like, you know, I was already a homeowner. I was already, you know, on my own and right. here I am now. I got They're like pushing me back to square one, you know, and um, in a weird way, I believe like I needed to go back to home base as a, you know, I kind of like to call it because I needed, I needed support. I needed love, unconditional love, you know, because I was in a really bad place in my life. And so I, I was, <laughs> the, it was like one of the first nights that I was in my room and I had been crying myself to sleep just about every night. Cause I was, I was an emotional wreck and, um, I was in my, I was in the same bedroom that I slept in as a child. And so, you know, the, the room was still teal colored walls. I had painted them in like the sixth <laughs> grade and like, you know, those, those glow in the dark stars were still on the ceiling and, uh, it was so funny because they were still glowing too, you know, and I thought that was kind of, kind of interesting, but you know, I I wasn't thinking about what they, those stars meant to me yet. Like I was still just very emotional to be back home and to kind of feel just like, you know, a failure to feel like I had failed as a mother, as a wife. And so I um, was laying, I was getting ready to fall asleep one night and I just happened to just something just kind of come over me. And I I looked up at those stars and and I remembered that when I was a kid, I was in sixth grade when I had first gotten those stars, uh, with my mom at Kmart, (laughs) I miss Kmart, Kmart, by the way, (laughs) I um, those stars were still, um, they were glowing up there and they were just kind of like this weird. And I might've been just like hallucinating because my eyes were full of tears, but I felt like they were just twinkling at me and like, you know, trying to, trying to give me a message, like to come on and, you know, pull yourself up. And, when I was a kid and I was in sixth grade and I got the stars, I wished I made a wish on every single one of them. You know, I was, you know, wishing for success and all these things. I remember I, I wished on when I wanted to be a professional ice skater that never happened, <laughs> <laughs> that never happened, but so many of my dreams did come true, you know? And so it just kind of reminded me, you know, my dreams are still out there. Like, yes, I'm going through this very shitty time. Sorry. I don't know if I can say that. That's okay. Uh, Um, this very difficult time and I, and I'm really emotional and I, but I can still be great. You know, I can still have my dreams, you know, and I can still do everything that I wanted to do. Um, it's just going to take a lot. It's going to be a little bit, you know, more difficult, but I can still do it. And so it was just like this little burst of hope that I needed, you know, I needed that hope to kind of lift me up because honestly, I felt like my life was over and I'm going to be honest, like I had these terrible thoughts in my head. Like, is my life even worth living, you know? I don't have my daughter anymore. I, you know, everyone knows I'm a loser. You know, these are the things that I was thinking in my head and I needed that little burst of like, come on, you got this. Because I was so desperate for just, you know, some inspiration, excuse me, some inspiration and just some hope for the next day.
1: Yeah. You know, it's um, when you're down on basically rock bottom, it's, it's tough. It's, it is a struggle just to wake up and do what you need to do. Um, so that a little bit of help, of hope gives you kind of that, that light at the end of the tunnel, um, feeling that, okay, you know, there, there is something else out there. I can move forward. Can't go anywhere but up. So, uh, right. might, you know, might as well start, start climbing. So, you know, what did you do? How did you, how did you pull yourself out of it?
0: So, so, you know, magically things didn't just get better or anything like that, but, you know, I did get the courage to, uh, I decided because when I was with my ex-husband and we were together, you know, I wanted, I would always wanted to go back to school and get my master's degree. And I, you know, it was, a, it was, there was always a reason why it was not a good timing for him. You know, it was like financially we shouldn't do this or, you know, there's all these reasons. And so I was on my own now so I could do what I want, you know, so it was nice. And so um I decided the very next day I was going to apply to grad school. And so I decided, you know, Hey, this is the hardest time in my life right now. You know, I'm, I'm in the midst of this custody battle. I'm fighting to be my best self. I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm desperate for, for some inspiration, hope to keep me going, but I can still be, I can still, you know, better myself. I can still work on me. And for me, education has always been empowering. Like I've always loved going to school. That's always been my jam, you know? And so I knew I wanted to get my master's degree years before this happened. And so this was just like, the perfect timing for me. And so I applied the very next day to grad school and decided, even during the most difficult time of my life, instead of focusing in on the negative, instead of focusing on everything that was like tearing me down and how I was in that lowest point of my life, I decided that I was going to do everything I could to pick myself back up. And everything and, and the one of the biggest things that could do that for me was education because I always felt empowered in the classroom. You know, I always felt like you know, I'm, I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm making myself better. A master's degree would make me um, a better candidate for a higher paying job, several different, you know, opportunities out there. Um, And so this was just a, it was a no brainer for me. So that's what I did. So those stars pushed me to get my
1: master's degree. Nice, nice. Definitely, you know, reach for the stars. Um, Now in in regards to the alcoholism, um, you know, had you already dealt with it at that point? Or was that still something you needed to take control of?
0: So I was, I would say that I was in that, during that point, I was still a bit in denial that I had a problem with alcohol. Uh, and I didn't address it yet. So I hadn't addressed it, um, at that, when I was still in grad school, because there were times where, I would be writing a, you know, writing an assignment or writing an essay and downing a whole bottle of wine <laughs> at the same time. So that wasn't uh, addressed yet. And okay. uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't drink around my daughter ever or anything like that. Um, but I would drink a bunch when she was visiting with her dad and she, you know, she was still and she was with him right um, during his, during his time. So, um, but yeah, you know, that it's so difficult for a person to understand that they have a problem with alcohol in our society today because alcohol is so it's the it's glamorized, you know, it's, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard for people to understand that they have a problem because so many people um, have, have a problem with alcohol. And so I, I felt like I was one of those people. I didn't, I sure I could, I I got drunk to the point of, of, uh, you know, blacking out at times, but I'm not an alcoholic, you know, and, and I was just in denial for a long time. So it was a few years later, um, that I had some, um, a kind of a series of events that happened that I decided to, to give it
1: up. Well, that's, you know, I'm so glad that you did, um, for so many reasons, but I, I know that, you know, like you said, it's, it's everywhere. Um, it's just kind of the norm, you know, Hey, after work, let's go down to the bar, have a couple drinks or, mm-hmm. you know, um, have a glass of wine while, while you relax at night. Next thing you know, one glass turns into two turns into a bottle and, um, I it always is- joke I
0: always joked that my happy hours would turn into the after hours.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I would start, you know, after work and then it just never stopped. And that was my that was my problem. You know, I never had it, I never had a turn off button. I wanted the party to continue. I wanted to mm-hmm. continue to socialize and have fun and I wanted to keep going. And so uh, you know, I I was I was an alcoholic and I, I am an alcoholic, but I'm grateful that, you know, I'm more than two years sober now. And I will say that you know, to the topic of, you know, uh, living your best self. I knew for so long, Tracy, that I had a problem with alcohol, but I didn't have the courage to admit it because I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to stop. And it wasn't until I, I had some really hard conversations with my therapist that I decided, you know, that this was, um, holding me back. I knew it was holding me back. I knew alcohol was the one thing in my way, of being the next best version of me. Like I was I knew I was going to kind of just catapult to this higher level of self when I could quit alcohol. But I didn't know how to do it. You know, and I didn't know how to do it with it being everywhere around me. All my friends drink, several of my family members drink, you know, and so how could I be the one going from the party girl <laughs> to the girl who says no to alcohol? How can how can I really do that? You know, how can I make that happen? And I just it was so intimidating to me. And so it wasn't until my uncle passed away um, from cancer and he was only 59 that I decided, you know, how the, how I said, I'm in my thirties. And if I only have, you know, 20 something more years to live, am I really living the best version of me? Am I really living my, as my best self? And I knew I wasn't. And so that kind of made me rethink my decisions and, and my health and i decided to um i decided to quit and it was a very spiritual experience for me is very um you know i was very i felt like i felt like he's my guardian angel you know i felt like my uncle was kind of pushing me to to quit too and so i just quit and so november 7th 2019 is my sober birthday and it's been so incredibly eye opening and amazing and i mean i've done so many great things in just that short time 2 years that I can't even believe that I've wasted so many of my years, you know, living unhealthy, but I'm just really fortunate that I'm, you know, only 39 and I still have several more years to live as a sober, healthy person. Right. And as my, as that best version of me. So.
1: I, you know, I like that you, you are thinking about, or even back then we're thinking about, you know, I'm not living the best version of me. You're, you know, it's, And also the, you know, how can I, how can I go from party girl to non-party girl, you know, it's kind of changing who you are, but who you are isn't really the party girl. That's, you know, the party girl is masking who you really are. Yes. You know, so it's almost like you just, you had to remove that mask and, you know, look in the mirror and finally see okay, this is me. This is Leah. This is, this is who I am. And I need to, to hold that and own that and, and be that, um, not only for yourself, but for your child. Right. You know, Yeah. And, you know, that was the other thing too, you know,
0: I, um, thankfully, you know, we went back to court and I was able to win, you know, we, we were able to settle on joint custody and, um, you know, so I was able to get my daughter back, but during that temporary time, I didn't have my daughter, you know, that was very hard for me. And so what did I do? The only thing I knew how to do to like, kind of shut those emotions off was to drink. And so for me, that became a coping mechanism during the, you know, a really hard time. And so I knew that, you know, I had to, I had to break free from that. There had to be a healthier way for me to go through some of those hard times. Otherwise I'm going to like, you know, it's, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to show my daughter that's how we handle our problems. And um, so it was, it was, really a, a miracle for me to be able to come to this awareness and just to know that I needed to quit. Uh, but it's so incredibly amazing to see how my story has now inspired other people to re you know, rethink their drinking habits mm-hmm. and or just rethink what's holding them back from being their best. You know, and I am fortunate. I get to speak at, you know, different events and talk to people. And I actually had time to publish a book, Tracy. I mean, I would no. never be. Really- I would never be able to write a book if I was still drinking. You That's know?
1: right. A Star for Stella. Tell us about that. Yes. Yeah.
0: So A Star for Stella is, is just my memoir through those darkest moments of um, it, it kind of takes you through a tragic evening of why, you know, how I lost custody of my daughter in the first place and really just follows me through uh, moving back home deciding to go back to school and then just really finding myself and realizing that I I was an alcoholic and I didn't know how to admit it and kind of my course to uh, follow follow me through this journey of admitting that you have a problem, but then finding what's in your way of your best self and breaking through that. And that's what I did with alcohol. You know, for me, uh, whenever I would drink, it would end up turning into, you know, you know, terrible things happening. Like, you know, I'd, I'd end up wanting to like Mm -hmm. do drugs or I'd stay up all night and, you know, who knows, but it was just like all these domino effects of problems. And I, and I didn't know how to eliminate the alcohol. It's like, so if I can just eliminate the alcohol, you know, I could live a better life. And so it kind of details some of those, those, those wild nights. And it just kind of takes you through my journey of finding, finding my best self and being the best I can be for my daughter. And uh, you know, it was a really emotional journey uh to to write that because I had to go back to those nights and back to those really hard moments. And I was uh <laughs> I didn't expect to be crying as I'm writing, you know, but it was oh, yeah. it was
1: very emotional. But it's, um, it's very healing to write and, and get your story out. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So you you, so you, you said something, and I want to make a note of that. Um you said, um, you know if if I'm an alcoholic, how can I live my best life? or you know if i'm if I drink, how can I live my best life and And that made me think, um, you know my problem is with food, and my masking is is the food thing. And you know it just got me thinking because I've been thinking about that a lot today, uh, you know is, is I'll be happy when I'll be happy when I lose the weight. I'll be happy when I quit drinking. I'll be happy when i You know, do this, that, and the other thing, and and that stops us from living our authentic life, our our you know, being who we truly are. Because it's that. Well, I I won't be happy until this happens, but you know, if it doesn't happen, then what does that mean? You're going to live the rest of your life unhappy, and Mm. and so it's it's almost you know that mindset. It's I'm going to be happy now with who I am today. Mm -hmm. and make those changes that I need to change in order to continue to be happy and continue to have a a good fulfilling life and, Mm -hmm. you know, remove that mask and and be who I am. So, you know, it's, it's almost like, um, you know, you just, you have to kind of reverse it in your head. It's, you know, not I'll be happy when it's, I'm going to be happy now and I'm going to be even happier as this goes away.
0: Yes. I love that. Yeah, you know, those reframes and and tricking our brain is something that like, you know, one of the things that I had to do very often after I quit drinking because there was all this like kind of chatter in my head going on. <laughs> like, oh, you can just have one, you know. And I and I would have friends tell me that. Too, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and I would have friends tell me that and I literally would have to do these exact same things you're talking about is like reframing my mindset because yeah. I had to be in control and I had to, you know, no, that is not true. You know, stop thinking that you don't need a drink. You can, you know, you can exercise, you can meditate, you can do other things to get that same feeling, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: take a deep breath, you know, and it's kind of interesting how, you know, when our, when we do reframe those things, how it makes sense. You know, it's just like, oh yeah, you know, I don't have to do that. I can do it this way. And that makes, that makes more sense. But we're, I feel like we're so wired a certain way because of society and yeah. everything around us, you know, we have to be skinny to look pretty. We have to, you
1: know, <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, you know, be, be part, a party girl to be fun and have friends and be social. Right. But, you know, it's, um, it's really freeing when you can do those reframes. I will say that. It's very freeing when you know you're in control and you can, you know, take back that take back
1: that mindset power. <laughs> and and it, it. it is, and it's so eye-opening. It's like, wow, I you know, I feel like I've been living with in you know, either blindfolded or blinders on my whole life. All of a sudden I can see, I can see, I can see color, I can see life i can see you know everything and 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 then it's like god i wasted how many years living like this <laughs> you know <laughs> but you can't i mean you can't really beat yourself up for that it's just okay that was in the past like you know now i have all of this future ahead of me and i can live an amazing life from today on out absolutely yeah. Well, Leah, thank you so much for coming on and, you know, sharing a little bit about your story, talking with me today and, um, you know, hopefully giving our listeners some, some words of encouragement and hope that, you know, change is possible. You can be your authentic self, whether you, you know, you need to make big changes like getting rid of the alcohol or, you know, maybe it's, it's even changing your relationship or changing where you live or changing your career whatever it is, life is, life is there for you to enjoy and explore. So thank you.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I think the awareness is so key, you know, just being able to have that awareness of what, you know, you're capable of and
1: uh,
0: who you want to be, it makes all the
1: difference, you know,
0: absolutely. Slowly removing those things in your way.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Listeners, I will have all of Leah's contact information down in the show notes. Just go to the realityofitall.com and pull up Leah's episode and all her uh, information will be there. The link to her speech so that you can listen to her speech um, and you know her website, her book, all of that good stuff. So again, Leah, thank you so much for coming on. And listeners, thank you as always for tuning in. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure you hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss a show. Be sure to check us out on our new socials on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.